You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. And back to school is just around the corner. Or maybe in your area, school's already started. Well, our perspective on Just Ask Your Mom is, of course, from a parent's point of view. But we thought it would be worthwhile to hear from teachers. And actually, Renee, you've actually been a teacher yourself. I have been. Teacher, janitor, principal, mom. (laughs) All the things. (laughs) So what is it that teachers want parents to know? And what can we as parents do to set our kids up for classroom success? Because I think... Ultimately, that's what we all want. Yeah, this really struck a nerve because I just put this out on Facebook and said, hey, teacher friends, what would you like for parents to know? And listen, my feed blew up. It's so many things (laughs) and so much love, really, from teachers. You see really why they they go into this profession. So we had to pick just two. So uh, our first guest is Cindy Patton. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. And she is a former uh, middle school math and Bible teacher, and she taught for 17 years. Yes. You stayed in it a long time. Yeah, I did. And um, she's been retired for a couple of years now. Yes. And she's, in her new life, a writer and speaker, and she's part of a team of women who lead conferences for groups based on their book, Colorfully Constructed, How God Builds His Kingdom with Unique Personality Colors. And you also are a mom of four children. I am. Four adult children, yes. Four adult mm-hmm. children. Yes. And so we just, we love your personality. You bring so much zip and zest. <laughs> if, if those of you who have heard our color series, she's an orange. Yes. And we need more orange teachers. There are very few orange teachers, I will have to say. It's a very, very small percentage of teachers who are orange. Yeah. So yeah. I had a, a listener who knows me, has my phone number. So she texted me and she said, Renee, like that color series was so good. I thought my sister was crazy, but she's just orange. Yes, yes. And it's a great, just a great tool. It's a great tool to know how to better um, work in relationships. Totally. Uh, Absolutely. How you appreciate other perspectives. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. no matter what, children, parent, coworkers, everything. Everybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So our second guest we have with us today is Anna DeHerty. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. And she teaches fourth grade currently at Middle Tennessee Christian School here in Murfreesboro, but she's taught for about seven years. Is that right? Yes, starting my eight. Okay. And you, but you took a break in between for a little while. And you also have one child who's going into second grade. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you guys for being with yeah. us. Thank you. Thanks. All right. So, first of all, can we acknowledge that we're in the presence of greatness here for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should. We should take a second. So teachers take on the most precious resource, our children, mm-hmm. with great self-sacrifice and a lot of thanklessness. A lot like moms, come a, to think of it. A lot like moms, that's right. And sometimes they even face hostility and have little support or understanding for their day-in, day-out work. That's right. They're, what they have had to face, too, through the past couple of years with COVID uh, and all the changes online, no, we're offline, no, we're in person, no, we're not in person. All of that stuff has been incredible. So I think we should just give them a slow clap. Yep. Way to go. They are Olympians. Thank you, teachers. So, okay, a recent article from Forbes states that K-12 workers, also known as teachers, are the most burned out employees in America. Uh, which was one of the things on my Facebook feed that came up, ask why 
teachers are leaving. Yeah. And it, it's a lot of it's burnout. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what's behind that. But there's the pandemic, staffing shortages. And a lot of teachers are leaving even after they've taught five years or less. So they're not staying. Yeah, they're not. They're just dipping their toes in. And that's and, too much already. Yeah. yeah. For- not to mention school shootings or behavior issues, which, okay, a behavior issue here and there, that's a funny story. But when I have my friends come to me yeah. and tell me just a day in their life as a principal or a teacher, it's overwhelming. How that takes over the teaching. Yeah. They're dealing with the behavior. It's just so, so, hard. so hard. hard. So, okay, that's enough of us. We need to let them yep. um, speak into this. So just to give you guys the floor, based on your experience, and let's just set aside the pandemic because that was weird for everyone. So in a normal, quote-unquote, normal teaching setting. Um, What changes have you seen in being a teacher since you started? Well, you mentioned people leaving the profession. I actually did leave the profession, and I said I would never come back. (laughs) So I taught um, six years, and I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I took a break in there. I kind of switched paths, and you know how it is when you say you'll never do something again. (laughs) The Lord just laughs, I think. But um, he brought me back, and I am loving it now. But I have seen some changes because my first year of teaching was the 2009-2010. 10 school year so that's been quite a while Mm -hmm. you know back and then now that I'm back in it there have been changes and a lot of it has to do with technology so when I was first in the classroom we had some technology and it was kind of a push but Google Classroom started and that really changed things and it's part you know a lot of times principals want to see technology as a part of every single lesson that you do so um, of course we all know that technology is a huge part of our lives and kids lives and so I think as a teacher I need to help teach the kids how to approach technology and teach them those skills so that's a big change teaching those skills without all the the rest of the stuff seeping in on our technology yes. episode, we talked about technology in classrooms and the reasoning for that uh, for screens younger and younger might be more monetary rather than actually teaching them advancing in their learning. So that's yeah, not yeah. not the teachers making money is no. the people selling the technology making yes. money right. by putting that in the classrooms. So um, you when you were teaching your first go around, what what made you can you tell us what made you leave? Yes, of course. <laughs> I <wanna> know. <laughs> I'm an open book. Uh, you know, teaching is really hard. And I think everybody can say that. But I felt a lot of times like I was just giving and giving and giving and I'm a I'm a very hard worker just by personality and I felt like I am trying so hard and it's not enough you know it's mm. it's never enough there's always more there's always just more difficult things that you're dealing with and I can never leave and think okay I did it you know it's always a huge list and I just felt so tired just so tired and overwhelmed which is going to lead us later on to some things that parents can do to bless yeah. their teachers and help oh, them yeah. not feel that way. Sure. Yeah, we want we'll, to we'll, end with that. Yeah, sure. we'll get to that. Absolutely. We'll get to that. So, Cindy, you tell us. Um, why did you go into teaching? What's been your experience? Well, I went into teaching. I was a non-traditional student, so I already had children when I went back to get my degree to teach. So I was a mom first okay. when I was in the classroom. So I taught for two years in fifth grade and then we 
chose to grow our family more. So I had two more children stayed home with them. When I came back then, I went back into middle school. So I already had children who were already through middle school when I was teaching middle school. Um, but I loved it. I love being able to teach math, which I love, which is, again, an anomaly, being an orange person <laughs> and being an orange math teacher, uh, but also being able to teach Bible. So I love being able to do that. I love that whole aspect of it. Um, changes since we've started, uh, really, th- probably the biggest thing, like Anna said, the technology um, a big problem that um, that I think teachers everywhere are seeing are the cell phones that are coming in to classrooms in my grades, middle school especially, um, but even in Anna's grades. I mean, I know that first graders, second graders are having cell phones, which um, refer it's a to our technology episode for our advice podca- on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Fast forward, don't do it. <laughs> yes. Hashtag delay, 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 That's delay, right. delay. That's right. But just just with the technology of the phones and accountability and um the stewardship of having that and that gets into all kinds of things with um a huge nationwide thing with with cheating. Um not being honest with the work and those kinds of things. So those are some things that are really hitting our teachers right now. And that is nationwide. That is not just an isolated incident. Wow. So interesting. So because you have a lot of years, almost two decades in the classroom. um, So you both said technology has been a huge change, even in your seven or eight years, Anna. Um, Did you see anything else significantly change with your little people, your middle school people? Um, through the years from when you began right well again going back to the fact that I came into teaching after I already had children and I just saw a difference maybe in some parenting you know because I had already parented through uh, two children through middle school Um, and just this whole this whole idea of um, everything for an A you know, I just felt like everybody was pushing. They want to have straight A's and they want an A. So why can't you give them an A? Um, middle school is a great time for them to make mistakes and to fail a test and to be having to suffer some consequences as a result of that. GPA doesn't start until ninth grade mm-hmm. here in Tennessee. And I think that's probably everywhere. Um, and so I just saw parents really maybe um inserting themselves in the educational process between the teacher and the student and coming in between that and that's just something to be aware of right as um as you know parents are are more involved and of course in a private setting they're paying for it and so there's a sense of that um needing to account be accountable for what we're the product that we're giving Mm -hmm. right I think we're seeing that. We said that in so many different episodes. Right. That the, there's a whole been a phil- philosophical shift in what it means to be a parent. Um, when like us growing up in the '70s, mm-hmm. um, and kind of the how much our parents allowed us to play. Oh gosh, the difference in play and, and outdoor time and the non-scheduled time in the what? '70s is when you first heard the word parent being used as a verb instead of just a role. So um, yeah, our kids are not our report cards our kids are not our masterpieces and when they are then i think you get exactly what you're seeing yes. is we well they then must have a's because right. that reflects on me right and they then must be successful and fill in the blank all, yes. the, all the way down the road from preschool on 
Yeah, it, it's such a it's such a philosophical shift that, um, and it's subtle, right? It doesn't happen overnight, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of will creep up on you. But it's a good segue into what you found, Bonnie. From oh my goodness, from the seventies, nineteen seventy nine. Yes, um, an article about first grade readiness. Walk yeah. us through that. I thought it would be interesting to compare nineteen seventy nine first grade readiness to today, which is hold the phone 40 years later <laughs> no. which yeah, really hurts my feelings but that's Ouch. okay um so just a few from their list of 79 is your kid ready for first grade can your child tell where she lives in a way that her speech is understood by a crossing guard can he ride a two-wheeled bike without training wheels this is like a six-year-old okay? right can he tell his left hand from his right can she be away from you all day without being upset this is my favorite. Here comes the good one. Can she travel alone four to eight blocks to the store, school, playground, or a friend's home? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is first grade readiness. This is not sixth grade. That's this right. is first grade readiness. Can he count eight to ten pennies correctly? And can she try to write or copy letters and numbers? Try to write. Okay. Try. Okay, so. Today. Today. From Scholastic. All right, here's, here's the list. Number one, have somewhat of a sight word vocabulary. Print legibly and write in complete sentences. Recognize singular and plural forms of nouns. Memorize and correctly spell between 130 and 150 words. Count by twos, fives, tens, and 100 to 100. Mentally add numbers to 10 and subtract to 20. Tell time to the hour and half hour. Read a thermometer. Read a ruler. Have awareness of the current news. What? Yeah. What Why? academic said that? <laughs> and recognize shared values and goals and participate in group decision making. It's all it's all up here in the brain. Yes, it's all there's up here. no there's not life a skill is not really a thing. Yeah, there was one like academic thing on the first list. Mm-hmm. And and the rest of the time was spent playing and imagine imagining and yeah. Conflict resolution with your peers outside of the learning street. to move out into the world. Yeah. And come home safely. Mm-hmm. So, okay, my question, I guess, to you teachers is, is this progress? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was Cindy that answered that. <laughs> that I'll take one. that one for Anna. <laughs> uh, what I, you know, one of the things that I saw in middle school that shocked me is that so many of my students in middle school did not know how to ride a two-wheel bike. And that has been proven, uh, even in college. My jaw is on the floor. <laughs> they, I just, they, the, the host just dropped their bras on the floor. <laughs> yes, school. Um, middle Seventh school, eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade. Some ninth graders, um, I talked to, okay. could not ride a bike. And that has been proven. There are, um, I, I can't remember a study or a documentary or something that I had seen a professor in college who was teaching a math class and figured out that the kiddos did not know how to ride a bike there and taught them to ride a bike and it literally unlocked those path those neural pathways in order to understand those those concepts Um, so there is definitely a correlation between motor skills even things like climbing trees Mm -hmm. Um, you know we're so afraid that our precious one is going to fall and break an arm well but that is teaching problem solving. How to how to, and uh, our friend Jamie Langley, who is a play therapist. Oh, oh she's great. Uh, she loves to to correlate these things in the fact that um, there are definitely um, things that go hand in hand with physical and also then those mental uh, capabilities that our kiddos need to be doing. Wow. 
right? Yeah, so when you're balancing, when you're climbing on the monkey bars, you're trying to balance on a tree limb and you're yeah. doing all those things. Um, yeah, it's teaching your body and your mind how to coordinate with one another. And you yes. leave that section out. It's a whole section of being human. Mm-hmm. Well, what, it's both sides is, of the brain. You know, you're, we're connecting right. both sides of the brain. That was one of the things as an orange teacher, I did try to uh, do things where uh, teaching math concepts, very academic, abstract, uh, doing things like taking them outside and using sidewalk chalk to draw a number line and walk positive and negative, you know, absolute value, those kinds of things where it would kind of connect both sides of their brain to get those concepts across to them. What a blessing. Wow. This is why why I'm so bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have that. So, okay. So we, we, we broached this subject just a few minutes ago. Let's, let's drill down on it. Let's talk about the ways parents have changed because I think these lists are, in, are they're not just um, I don't think they're just pushed down from a teacher's union somewhere no I think this is what parents are focusing on this this big difference in what parents are focusing on as they prepare their children for school versus what they were when mm-hmm. we were growing up sure yeah I think bottom up as well and so um can you just talk about some some ways that Anna I don't know you don't have decades you're young and beautiful but you don't have decades <laughs> of young like, and beautiful <laughs> Cindy's beautiful, beautiful and not oh, young. Thank you. and we're beautiful and not young. Okay. Let's just be honest. Okay. There's three of us who are beautiful and not young. And then there's Anna. Stop. <laughs> so I mean, I here's something. I'll give you I'll give you a jumping off point. My husband and I taught fifth grade Sunday school. Even before we had children, we were teaching fifth grade Sunday school. And what we saw just in those years, seven, eight years of teaching, was um, mostly intact families. And the, stu- the students were in Sunday school every Sunday. And we did lots of interactive games too, Cindy. Yes. And we wanted to move in their bodies and stuff. And they could earn points and then buy prizes. But what we saw as time went on was if you are splitting time between mom and dad's house, you're only there every other Sunday if they go to a different church. And so it, it de-incentivizes them to even try because they're already behind 50%. If they're competitive, we kind of had to like make it like a competition for within just yourself so that it wasn't discouraging for them. So just in terms of um, family dynamics or parental involvement, what have you seen, Anna? You know, I have an interesting perspective, I think, because I was in public school first and I was in schools that had um, the last school that I was in had families that were very unique. I had a lot of children that were refugees and so they were new to the country and learning the language and so I kind of have a perspective of a school with a lot of needs that are different than where I am now being at a private school Um, and so I feel like I could kind of go different ways with it but I do feel like in both you know the public schools that have been in and the private school there is a pressure um I think that children feel a pressure to achieve and have you know make their parents proud and so I think that can be positive for you have talked a lot about personalities and that can be a positive thing for some kids who want to, you know, they have that internal desire to do well. And so that can be a positive thing. But then I think some kids really struggle with that pressure. And, you know, we talked about technology, but there's the social media aspect where a lot of things are posted all over online. And mm-hmm. again, some kids thrive from that and some really struggle. Oh, mm-hmm. 
social media. Yeah, I know. It's the yeah. worst. We love it. We hate it. Uh, oh, so many. It's so bad for kids. Yes. It's what, what our technology issue showed us. What about you, Cindy? What did you see? A change? Yeah, like Anna said, just the whole feeling that our children reflect uh, a a thought process. Our children reflect how good or bad a parent we are, Mm. their their accomplishments. So that is in sports. So we're seeing um, just... This is just one of my things, you know, we just start pushing on travel teams and then we're going, but we see, we're seeing injuries younger and younger and kiddos burning out out of their uh, sports in their freshman year of high school. So the yeah, sports. So, so much for that academic scholarship you were hoping for. Right. So then, the so then that does it, you know, so you, <laughs> so we start seeing that and then we start seeing that, oh, my kiddo made the honor roll and. Of course, but they, they want all A's, and well, I, I understand that. We all want our children to have all A's, but when it becomes a reflection of how uh, effective I am as a parent, um, that's where you have to kind of start pulling back and saying, okay, what, what am I doing? Is my child learning to the best of his or her ability? Are they progressing? Are they showing um, the progression that they should have in this grade? And that's where, you know, instead of it seeing um being viewed as oh well they make the honor roll so I'm a really good parent that's I think that's that's a a line that we have to be aware of mm-hmm. so we've said it you said it twice now Cindy like we're not they're not our little projects they're no. they're not they're not just a little mirror of ourselves they're their own person Absolutely. And those personality colors show up big time. And that is back to the podcast that you've done. And if you haven't listened to those, you need to go back and listen. Because of the fact that as a parent, you may be parenting a child who has a completely different personality than you do. So if you're trying to make that child um, view school like you do, because I've seen it happen in middle school, I've seen an orange child with a high gold parent. And I have literally watched as the orange child just tries to do things to turn mama crazy <laughs> in her goldness i have seen that happen I and i have finally happened. said and i've said if you would just you know just back off mm-hmm. they would defuse it would diffuse yeah yeah so, so important. sorry about that so, no 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 oh, no it's good. So good i think that um i don't know I, I wish you guys would both talk about maybe how you've seen students change as well parents are changing students must therefore change because they're all living together right um we've talked about um gosh just with the breakdown of the family and some different things that kids have to deal with now that they didn't have to as much Mm -hmm. um aces adverse childhood experiences mm -hmm. and behavior issues and distractibility i think i'm just guessing i I would think focus is not great um, but yes, with right. technology being what it is, Anna, what do you think? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yes, um, I would definitely say that is one of the challenges of teaching, and that is to get them ex- interested and excited and keep their focus. And it's a challenge. Um, and I think that's going back to the pressure I talked about. It's how can I make every day unique and fun, and you know, bring all these real world experiences in and it's definitely a challenge as a teacher because kids they we do have a lot of distractibility and we have a lot of adhd and all of that and so every kid has their unique 
situation. But um, as far as a change, you, you've been asking about that, a change. I, you know, when I first started teaching, I didn't have a cell phone that had a camera. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so that now, you know, it's just, it's it's kind of funny how we can mark time by yeah. like when I got my first phone with a camera and when internet was on it and when Facebook was on it. And um, I definitely feel like there's been a change since then that kids um, struggle a little more with focus and when things get hard, wanting to give up. And I actually am going through a gifted certification right now so that I can um, be better equipped with gifted students. Yes. And we've talked a lot about this topic that actually it's a blessing to get down in the learning pit of not understanding and being confused. That's mm-hmm. a blessing. We need that to be able to grow. And so when you ha- when everything is easy all the time, that's I'm not being a good teacher to you because you already know it. I need to challenge you. And I think that's hard. You know, right. kids, they want it to come easy. They want it to be quick, just like we want, you know, fast food and all the all the things mm-hmm. to be fast. I mean, kids are the same way. They want it to come easy and quick. I think, yeah, I think if it doesn't, a lot of kids, well, they feel that pressure from home and they're quick to um, label. I think maybe because it's our lives are so public now, they're quick to label and compare well, I'm not just, I'm not like Johnny next door. He gets mm-hmm. math and I don't get math. So therefore I must be, you know, bad at math forever mm-hmm. and ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I wish that was not a thing, but I, I see it all the time. The narrative is always there. They can't ever get away from it. One of the things that just killed me about, uh, especially my middle schoolers is that they could never get away from anything that was negative that was happening at school because of the fact that cell phones, they are texted all through the night. If parents aren't taking, a, you know, taking a phone break at night and saying your phone goes here, it goes off, it's away from you. Um, everything is public. Like Anna said, you know, they're, they're always aware of how somebody else is doing. Um, and especially my subject math, um, it was a common one just to, you know, it's, it's a, a quick subject to say, oh, I'm not good at math and you just kind of blow it off. So that automatically I'm, I'm already in the hole (laughs) trying to teach you something that you say, oh, and my mom's not good at math either, which I used to say to parents, the first meeting that we would have is please let that just be between you and God. Don't tell your child (laughs) that because when you do that, that, that lets them be okay to not be, well, my mom's not good at math. So I'm not good at math. Well, let's try it and see. Let's see if we can come up with something that you could be successful in, in math. Did you used to take their phones away? Yes. Or do you guys? Yes, no I did. No phones in the classroom? No fo- Well, they would bring them in and we had a phone, um, it's like a shoe um, caddy oh, that so was on my door. Individual. Yeah, so they had their individual ones. And so they were supposed to put it there. And so that was where, you know, and I would kind of be able to look and see, of course, um, then it becomes the pressure of, oh my goodness, look at that, you've got a flip phone. So even bullying <sighs> among the phone, ha- or not having a phone, you know, number 14, you don't have a phone. That's me. I don't have a phone. Okay, parents, you know, let's work together. We got to do this together. Uh, it was just, yeah. and that has nothing to do with the, the math class or the math know. lesson that I'm going to have. That's just walking into my classroom and not having the same phone like everybody else does. Well, that's middle school. And, and yes, that is middle anyway, school. Yeah. Let's and just add some more to that. I know. Let's just make it more uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, do you have to take phones 
up in your in fourth grade they're supposed to keep them in their backpack and i have not had a whole lot of issue but you know now with the watches yeah so technically watches are all supposed to also supposed to be in their backpacks but um it's it's hard it's hard i had in tutorial i had students um even boys with longer hair cover their ears so they could have their their earbuds 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 in Mm -hmm. and be listening to something the phone would be in the backpack yeah but i oh so you're spending (laughs) i mean you know you have what like 50 minutes maybe 50 minutes on a good day with a class to get all your instruction in and you just now spent Five or ten checking the phones and making sure and correcting for the phones. So there's half your yes, yes, and then you have to transition into the Pythagorean theorem, and it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work quite as well as you think. Okay, so okay, then tell us what you've seen makes a successful student. What's the and I don't mean the A student because we've already said A is not the only goal. What makes a really successful student in school, Cindy? I love having parents who who recognize the fact that we are a team. Parents and teachers and kiddos, we're we're a team. I'm not out to get your child. I'm not there to perpetuate straight A's. I'm not there to be your friend parents. I mean, I may be your friend, but that's not it. But we're a team and we're going to see what's best for your child. And so when that works and when a teacher feels the support of the parents, instead of feeling like it's student and parents against teacher, which I know some people do have that feeling, that was not, that was not my case. I didn't feel that. Um, but I know teachers yeah. who do have that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're fighting that, um, it, it is almost impossible. It's not a situation that can anybody can be successful in. Yeah, that's too bad. What about you, Anna? I love what you said. And just to add on to that, um, as far as what a student needs to have to be successful, I think of, you know, we want to prepare our students to be successful in the future, right? We're preparing them to live life and be a good member of society. Yes. And so when I think about members of society that are contributing, um, there's collaboration skills. They can work well with people. There's good problem solving. And I think of now, you know, creativity. We have people that are creating all kind. I mean, there's new jobs that we didn't even know mm-hmm. would be in existence. And so having those skills that are going to help them in their academics, but then help them in life is huge. Yes. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, we did an episode on gifted and special needs kids a little while back. And I know you have to have an IEP for yes. that, which is an individual education education plan that's all right okay yeah so while a parent uh, might try to work with a teacher to provide extra help or additional self-paced assignments i know it's not always easy to balance that in a school setting with 25 kids and you mentioned anna earlier there's a rise of adhd so you've got medications or um at the beginning of the day maybe a parent has to email you and say hey this is the kind of night we had this is the kind of morning we had so be aware of that that's just for one student so multiply that now you've got ieps for special needs in your classroom for gifted children you might have to have additional um, accommodations for and then kids who have behavior issues um (laughs) what do you do Uh, with all that i'm tired just listening to you say all that then you're also teaching like 25 30 students um a subject (laughs) or more than one subject throughout the day yeah how do you do that and stay sane. A lot of prayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
It's and I'm one of those moms, by the way, my child has special needs. So I'm one of those moms, too, that's like having to let the teacher know how the night went and, you know, updating the medicine information and all of that. So um, it's I think, honestly, being a parent of a child with special needs has really helped me be a teacher because I am able to see children with all Mm -hmm. that they have going on. Um, even, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly, and seeing the blessing in the kids that maybe are not in the box type of kids. Um, but it it is definitely difficult to have, you want to see and love every part of every child mm-hmm. and meet those individual needs. And so it takes a lot of planning. And I think that's one thing that maybe people don't understand is how much time outside of the classroom that is taken. I usually spend hours upon hours, you know, outside, usually on Sunday afternoons, which is terrible. But uh, I think every Sunday afternoon I'm at the school because I have to plan specific things for all the needs for every child. So your work week is not a 40 hour work week no No. well you're making the big bucks right you're making the big bucks right right. you do it for the money we all know it lots of money Uh uh-huh well okay can we um can we do this list this is making me think of the list from from facebook i tried to list the states here missouri illinois kentucky tennessee georgia wisconsin louisiana and then some anonymous Mm-hmm. Teachers and and they're they're touching on a lot of similar points. So they're in all right. kinds of school settings, from yes. college to preschool. So in terms of encouragement, um, one teacher from Missouri said one of the biggest things over the years is that we don't know what we don't know, which is touching on this point with you, Anna, emailing information. I understand some parents wish to keep certain issues private, but shedding some light on why a student is acting a certain way helps tremendously. Are the parents getting divorced? Did someone just pass away? Uh, we're only human and can only extend so much grace for certain things, that, but we would extend more grace if we knew more. Um, and when we know better, we do better. What say you, teachers? <laughs> Great thing that I, I can think specifically on a few um, specific uh, times when this happened. The great thing about Anna and me is that we teach in a we taught in a private school i taught in a private school the same one that anna is in um we could pray with our students Uh, i specifically remember um a student whose dad died right before the beginning of of a school day and i had all our girls bible class i just pulled the whole class of them outside and we just went outside and prayed for a little bit and that was such because when you walk through those times it is a it is truly a lifelong connection mm-hmm. we i won't ever forget that i won't ever forget that with her um and the girls that were there they don't forget it so it extends much more past the classroom than the subject that that we can do that mm-hmm. so when we know those things when we know those things it is much easier for us to go through um our students needs this was a response to that comment from a teacher in Tennessee said just like as parents we do spend time wondering if we could be doing a better job if we should have used different words if we should have seen something coming before it happened we have the same doubts and worries about our students as you do as parents we take the weight and importance of our jobs very seriously and knowing that someone sees us and appreciates us helps so much so can you talk about encouragement? What are the best, most encouraging things that you've had done for you? 
Anna, we'll start with you. Well, it seems so simple, but just little, little acts of kindness, a note. I mean, someone handwriting a note to me to say thank you means so much and it just gives you a boost, you know, and I've had people that will bring me like a Starbucks drink and it's like, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So little things, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just something small that shows we see you are acknowledging your hard work and we're so grateful. Mm -hmm. I don't, this sounds terrible, but I, I personally know some parents who do that. Yes, they're being nice people, but they also want you to notice and treat their child a little bit better. Oh, that's the child of the mom that brought me the Starbucks thing. Oh, like the motivation so a little, uh, is not always golden, yes. but I'm not terrible. Yeah, that is bad. Okay, listen, I taught study skills in a homeschool tutorial, and I taught my students. Yes, I taught them how to engage in the classroom to to be answer questions and be responsive, but I also told them to go up to the teacher for clarification afterwards if they needed for the obvious reason of learning but mm-hmm. I said also it it puts a face with with your name and that not every student is going to do that and if the teacher knows you're trying and you're on the edge between that a and b yes. or that b and c we're only human you mm-hmm. know and we might be tempted to just go ahead and round up that 0.4 percent right. to the next you know right. number and so I did. I taught him that too, Bonnie. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, just be wise. Wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I mean, the parents aren't being innocent as doves. No, they, but I was trying to teach the kids to be harsh. like, hey, this is how you. As you were saying earlier, Anna, this is how you navigate life. This is how you create relationships yes. with people. Mm-hmm. And and we are made to be loved. And so when you ex- extend even a small amount of love and appreciation to someone, it it has a powerful effect. It yes. Does. It does. And I know you've taught your kids too, because they've done it to me, is to say thank you to a teacher, the students themselves, mm-hmm. to say, hey, thanks for the lesson today. That is so That was huge. such a fun game we played. Thank you for that. I loved it when my students did that. Yeah. You're right. It made me feel Who so happy. Wouldn't? Who wouldn't love yeah. that? Yeah. I know. So it, parents coach your children to say yes. thank you to the teacher. Well, here's the thing. Parents model it for your children. Yeah. Let your children be in the, situ- in the same place where yeah. you go up to the teacher and say that to them they're going to see it they're going to they're going to know it let them see you writing a note to the teacher or hey i want you to give this note to miss patton so she so she make sure you let her know that that you appreciated her staying for math lab and you know staying for an extra hour to help you with math on monday you know whatever it doesn't yeah. it it and it really it's not it's not the starbucks card and all i mean you know we saved the notes mm-hmm. we saved the notes i had a whole bulletin board um, where I just kept old notes I've heard that on there. So many teachers. Several so many. other listeners uh, said the are, same thing. They are. They are. And and it's not. It is just. It 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 costs nothing. Mm-hmm. It costs nothing. And yet, it is such. A, it is such a powerful thing as a teacher for somebody to say, Miss Patton, I really, I really liked it when we went outside and we did that number line with the chalk, or we did. You know, we stood up and did a cheer for how to do, you know, how to graph things on, you know, all those things. Yeah. Just just uh, acknowledging and saying, I, I recognize that you put in more effort and I appreciate it. Oh, for sure. I, I think had it a, goes back to this. Sorry. To go, the, ahead, um, go ahead. Teachers are just people. They're sure. just. Mm-hmm. And I know it's weird, especially in middle school when you see your teacher out at, you know, Kroger or something <laughs> shopping for groceries <laughs> like they, you know, they live in the janitor closet at school. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just people 
trying to do a job, likely mothers and fathers themselves, you know, with life issues themselves. And mm-hmm. that's just a human thing that we can all do to one another is to show some kindness every now and then. Like, remember who you're talking to. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even your kid's teacher. Favorite teacher encouragement from a student um, was a student gave me a little mason jar with teeny tiny, like, fortune cookie size folded up pieces of paper and on each little slip of paper was something she loved about me oh and it, was, oh my it was like a dozen little pieces of paper and she was middle schooler so they were sweet middle i love middle schoolers cindy oh i love they're middle the school best because it, every day was different i mean you know today today could have been horrible and you think well there's always tomorrow <laughs> there's surely tomorrow will be better um and and the fact that you know that you're navigating them through a very tumultuous time. I think all of us would say the one time that you would never, ever, ever want to go back to would be your middle school years. <laughs> uh, and yet you recognize the fact that there's that little, those couple of three years where you navigate through life with them. And then all of a sudden they come out on the backside and they're adults. Yes. And you just think, and, and they love to refer, Miss Patton, you remember that time in math class when, you know. Usually they say something about throwing a marker at them, but that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> they remember that. They don't remember the good stuff that we right, did. Right. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, goodness. All right. So for conflict management, there was a, there was quite a few responses about that. If you have an issue, a particular teacher said, just please come to us directly instead of going over our heads to the principal. We Most of us really do want to work with you, so give us a chance to work with you. So... Can you give parents an example of, hey, this is a great way to do this? Because that's just Christian conflict management, to go to the person you have a problem with first. Yeah. And then if you can't get it resolved, bring someone along, you know? Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things, too, is as as a parent, because I'm, again, I have four adult children now, but usually you hear the first first part of this is from your child. Mm -hmm. And I know we don't want to think that our middle school child would would, um, bend the truth any. (laughs) However... There have been a couple of middle school students in the history of the world who have not accurately portrayed the whole situation. You are being and so, so <laughs> you know what I want to say is they are lying through their teeth to you, parents. They are liars. They are liars. Every kid, every, they, every kid will do it. Yes, they will do it. And I know you think your precious won't do it, but your precious will and does do it. <laughs> And so if you just come to the teacher, again, not accusatory, but just saying, I want to find out exactly what's happened. And again, that is, that is exactly biblical. Mm-hmm. Not going in and saying, I demand that you tell, why are you treating my precious child this way? Just saying, you know what? Her perspective is this. Can you tell me yeah. your perspective or help what really understand. happened? Help and me understand. Then, help right. me understand. So and then if that is not resolved then that's where we both would go to administration Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Don't go without me. I'm part of the equation. And so we would just resolve it that way. We're better versions of ourselves when we're looking each other in the eye. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to send Absolutely. a snarky email to talk about it to someone else who can't fix it, but will just take your side. Right. And that's the other thing. Like, don't talk oh. to every other no. parent in the classroom either. That becomes volatile. That 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 becomes a powder keg when when 
kiddos overhear parents talking about it. Then parents talk to other parents. So kiddos come to school and they're talking to their friends about it. And then it just becomes, and then the teacher is on the outside thinking, what has just happened? Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden everything has blown up over an erroneous story. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I don't know about you, Bonnie, but I remember my parents, they didn't overtly say it, but they were just basically like, we're with your teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we're, yes. we're, you just try, you can try to help us take your side, but yes. like we're partnering with your teacher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was that clear. was not even a. I don't think I would even try no. to divide and conquer. I can think of a couple times I got in big trouble. <laughs> well, you know, in, in, in my household, if you got, if you got in trouble at school, you, you got in trouble at home also. <laughs> yep. And that's not the case anymore oftentimes. Yeah. If you get in trouble at school, it's going to be sometimes a parent going up to school to say, why did you do that to my child? It's not, it's not holding your child accountable. It is holding the teacher accountable for consequences that deserved to have consequences. Mm-hmm. And you're always teaching something. So what does that teach your child? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing that in first grade, you're going to be doing that all the way up to college. And then you get these college deans and professors who are like, parents, quit calling me. They're in college. Well, that was also on the list. College administrators were like, that's amazing to me to think that. Yeah. Don't call me. Don't call me about your child's grades. Don't call me about how to find the textbook. Don't call me about the homework assignments. And I had someone say that um, their parents called their employer. Mm-hmm. To check about the benefits of mm-hmm. the job. Yeah, when I'm does sorry. this stop? Like, yeah, you gotta. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's well, insane Cindy just said, to me. On the other side of middle school, they're already becoming adults. Yes. Ah. So, like, you gotta be ninety percent done with it by then. Ninety percent done. So, just to finish this, round this out, I'll say some things y'all probably can't say. Of one teacher in terms of this conflict management and things like that is. Um, when they when you send a note home about a behavior or an incident that happens, they're not you're not pointing the finger. You want to encourage the family to talk about it once they get home and to know like, hey, we're we're wanting you to be aware this happened while you were gone. Um, and then another teacher said, uh, yeah, because sometimes your child behaves differently at school than they do at home, and so they can live a double life. If we <laughs> if we are saying <laughs> that we are experiencing something problematic. We just want to help. Will you please listen to us? Mm-hmm. You know what's funny to me is that being in a veterinarian family, you know, you have dogs boarded all the time and we will send home charts for the day. Here's what they ate or whether they got, you know, did their business in the yard or whatever. And parents, parents, dog, dog parents, parents. <laughs> <laughs> clients, whatever, are so happy to get that. And if any little thing goes wrong, it's what we're talking about here. Like they react the way parents used to react when it comes to their animals. Oh, really? Like they didn't play with the other dogs very well? Well, what do you think happened with that? Well, how can I train them better? And how can I, you know, it's all like that. But when it comes to your child. Why do you hate my child? What do you have against them? It's so weird. It can't possibly be anything they're doing. (laughs) It's so weird, yeah. I don't know what that what that says. I don't know where are we going with that. Uh-huh. But I know. Just an interesting just here, observation. Don't do that. Yeah. That's what we're saying. <laughs> don't do it. Right. Um, all right. As, as for skills training, let's go back to like the beginning years. Um, I thought there was some good advice about just kindergarten. A kindergarten teacher wrote in and just said a lot of parents, as we started our episode today, 
focus on ABCs and one, two, threes, but they really need kindergartners to be as self-sufficient as possible. Can you open the Ziploc bag? Can Gosh. you close the Ziploc bag? Who even thinks about that? I, I wouldn't I, have thought I about know. that. That's such a great... Yeah. I know. So... Um, open all of their lunch on their own? Right. Right. Uh, one person said that their husband came to volunteer one day just to be a helper. You know, at school, I guess, parent volunteers. He spent half of lunchtime opening baggies and Ziplocs and Tupperware containers and closing them and helping them throw away for the kindergartners who didn't know how to do that yet. So I'm, I'm sure for each grade, like you're wanting some sort of readiness. What do you want an, an early elementary child to come in knowing how to do, Anna? And then Cindy, I'd like you to say, like, what would you like a middle schooler to know by the by the time they, versus when they come in to middle school and they leave middle school right, skills great. training? Well, the first thing that jumps out at me is organization. And I know not every person is, I mean, some people live more in chaos and that works for them. <laughs> but um, I do think there is, <laughs> <somebody's raising> <laughs> <laughs> but there is a level of, you know, uh, you have a space that if it's not somewhat organized, it's getting into other people and it's affecting other people. Think about backpacks. So if there could be some organization with, this is how our backpack is going to be. It's not going to be falling open because there's 10,000 things that are coming out and going into the floor, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think kind of that training on how to be organized, how how is our backpack going to look? How That's perfect. Gonna, mm -hmm. That's a little microcosm of a room, right? Yeah. It's just a little small space. Here's your one Let me manage thing. this one thing. Whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. Uh -huh. That's biblical. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Totally the fair. orange person in the room is like, y'all are killing me. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm, I'm other, loving it. I'm what loving it. What that's other good. skills? What, what about a middle schooler? What would you like to see and be able middle to do? Middle schooler, really the same thing that Anna is talking about. Because if they have not mastered those things, of course, by the time they get to middle school, they are changing classes for all seven. So when you come into my classroom, I would always say, come in with your notebook, your paper, your pencil, um, you know, whatever, if you're, if you have your iPad, you need to have it charged, all those things so that you are ready to learn for that day. Um, and that's just good stewardship. And again, you're right. It is biblical. If we're not prepared, if we're not prepared for, for what we are, the task that we are, um, getting ready to walk into, um, uh, we're not going to be successful. And so we have to recognize those things. So yeah, I would say, I would say just, um, reiterate that okay what about if a student forgets their lunch should mom run it to the school and and or like, homework or if yeah or their homework should mom bring it to the school what say you teachers <laughs> well <laughs> i say let them get a z because i did take a uh, homework grade and i would say um you get a zero on that today on that homework assignment i would sometimes get an email but it's on her desk and I said that is great it is not in my classroom mm -hmm. though mm -hmm. um and I'm sorry now um you know if they discover that first period and they don't have my class until sixth period and mom wants to run it by I don't that's not a big deal for me I've done that with my own children they they walk out the door and forget it um but um just learning some consequences it's not going to kill them a zero on that homework is not going to kill them um right then mm -hmm. now yeah. if they keep on doing that it does show up especially when you when you just on and on and on but that one little time is not going to make a big difference anna well to add to that i feel like this is an area where i've grown 
Because I think 10 years ago, I would have loved the parent to hurry it up to the school or if I were the parent hurrying it up to the school. But um, I do, I feel like over the years, I've learned the benefits of children learning consequences for their actions. Mm -hmm. And if they always have that parent, that's kind of, um, you know, just... On call. You know, yeah, on Rescuing. call and swinging parent in there on call. and that's parent on call. Uh, taking care of everything, then th- that's going to delay that learning process for the child. So I think, I, you know, I agree. I think it's good for the child to experience what it feels like when they forget something and what that One means. Two family parents working at the same time is kind of cutting down on some of that. I mean, mom just says, well, sorry, I'm at work. I, I can't, can't go home and get it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I would say... I feel like we've talked about this, maybe just you and I, Bonnie, but, you know, giving some grace that first time or second time that they forget something, sure, run it up. And Mm -hmm. then if you're seeing that they're characterized by that, well, then it is time Mm -hmm. to actually hurt a little, have it hurt a little bit. And like you said, Cindy, just a little, that's an easy lesson. That's a harmless lesson to learn. In the same, in the same vein, however, um, when I have seen a child um, forget a lunch or I recognize that maybe they're not eating lunch. I've often bought lunch. I've gone to the cafeteria and just said, just let me just pay, pay money on that and I'll take care of it for a fact that maybe the need is there and they just don't have the means. If that's the case, then that was always something that was, that I could take care of myself because I came in and I know Anna does the same thing. We're mama's first. So we tend to look at our students for the year that we have them. They are they are really an extension of our family. They're our children. Um, we're not going to do anything to hurt them or to um, cause them any kind of um, physical pain. If they're hungry, we all and and if they're hungry, we know they can't learn. If they're thirsty, they can't learn. So if we can step in and do, you know, if I can buy you a bottle of water, that's not going to kill me. Right. I can take care of that mm-hmm. myself. Right. I hope you're hearing this, parents. Teachers are not out to humiliate your child. They are not out to embarrass him or her or, yeah, yeah, make them feel Mm -hmm. small in any way. That's exactly Mm -hmm. the opposite. They're going out of their way and out of their own pockets to nurture your child. A teacher in Georgia said some specific things, just kind of bullet-pointed list of things we could do to help our teachers, and I thought this was good. To send in some supplies throughout the year, just check in. yes not just in August or whenever your school starts, sending in bulk snacks for kiddos whose parents don't send snacks or when they forget them. How sweet. What a blessing. Yeah, that's really nice. And then Sharing. it's not embarrassing or, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, with that's the handwritten good. notes, please send handwritten notes and um, volunteer. Do you all like having parents come in and help? Well, this past year was the first year that I had teacher-run parties, teacher-led totally. I'm sorry, parent, parent, parent led party. Sorry, parent led. You didn't have to parties. do any of it. I didn't have to plan it. I didn't have to provide anything, and that was a huge blessing. It's a party for you too. <gasps> yes, <laughs> you could so enjoy it this nice. time. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So you like parents coming in and helping and volunteering. Her final note was just asking what the teacher needs. Yeah. Instead yes. of just assuming, like, hey, what do you need? What can I do? I remember I had a parent who. Um, I think it was Christmas or end of year or something like that. And she said, I want to get you something. And I said, I would love just a gift card to Teachers Pay Teachers, which is just a resource oh, yes. that we have. Yeah. And and she even said, 
I don't feel like that's a great gift. And I said, I promise you, it is such an awesome <laughs> gift. And so she did. And so I immediately, once I used it, I, you know, emailed her and told her I just bought this for, um, for my classroom and those kinds of things. And so things that we think as parents, you think, no, that they're not going to like that. I had one parent who um, bought me all different colored neon paper, which my, oh. my color heart loved that. <laughs> and, and she would say, let me just go get you some. And so she bought it so that I could make copies for math things for math notes on neon colored paper um, because I'm very visual uh, as well and so I would say okay the lime green thing that you're seeing on your desk and so it was just a huge blessing to be able to have that big ream of paper there that I could use for for my copies so that was good teacher's different everybody's gonna want yeah different Mm -hmm. things but that's all just ask just ask. Just ask. Oh, I love that. So from... Just ask your parent. Just ask your teacher. <laughs> just hey, ask your children. Just ask there you go. Ch- Y'all yes. need to get that together. That's right. That. That's right. I see a podcast in the making. Uh-huh. Sure. So administrative um, folks wrote in as yes, well. Yes, several like um, school secretaries. One thing they need parents or guardians to do is keep their contact information updated, especially their phone numbers. If there's an emergency, we need to reach you as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um they also said to check your email and don't let your voicemail fill up so that the teacher can't leave you a message or the school secretary can't leave you a message. Right. Have you seen that happen? Have you ever had a full, like a full voicemail or? Yes. Yes, it's happened to me. <laughs> yep. Don't get mad when we ask for your ID to check your child out. Make sure the pickup list is updated that the person who, if there's a substitute person coming, make sure that they're on it. They also said to just make an appointment to see a teacher. Don't just show up. Oh, that's a huge one. Okay, talk about that. That is a huge one because Anna had mentioned, uh, you know, we don't leave right at three o'clock. There were many days that I was there till five or 5.30 and I would be working and a parent would come to pick up their child and they would just just um, pop in. And I'm thinking, this is not the time. I'm not in parent conference mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but making an appointment and not doing a pop-in or not catching me at church and wanting to discuss it. Oh. Or in the aisle at Kroger. Or in the aisle at Kroger. <laughs> or, yeah, or at the pool, <laughs> which is really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> not fun. Yeah, let me just put this cover up on. and uh, <laughs> Hold on. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's interesting. Do you have people pop in on you, Anna? I have not had a whole lot of experience with that, I'll be honest. Um, But I I will say that what you were saying earlier about the eye-to-eye thing, I think we've talked a lot about communication, and that's huge. And teachers want to communicate. You know, like, we really want and need that communication. And if we can do it eye-to-eye, that's great. And so, but yes, just the random pop-in, not as not as you know not gonna work out (laughs) very well so if you could schedule it and then have that face-to-face and have that communication I really think that's what's gonna be best for kids yeah sure so let's talk about grading for a minute um they didn't have this when I was going to school they started it when my kids were in school but parents can be aware of their kids grades online at all times now which is a good thing and a bad thing yes because sometimes I don't know. I, I kind of let my hands off of that and let my kids do their own thing. And if there was a problem, I was going to hear about it and then I would know. But um, you don't want to wait till the end of the grading semester and then be like, oh, I see you're failing. You know, and then all of a sudden you need all this extra credit work and all this other stuff when you should have been working all the way along. So what do you tell parents about being aware of grades? 
So I know the elementary side is very different from middle school and high school. So just to speak to elementary, we now, and of course, every state is different and you have a lot of listeners from different states, but I would say from my experience from different states, um, we're grading it based on whether they're meeting the standard, exceeding, or if they're not meeting the standard. And so it looks really different and that can be confusing because a lot of things are graded on a rubric. So for example, our math tests are actually graded on a rubric. So there's you know, a problem and you can earn one point, which basically means it's not meeting the standard. So, you know, it's incorrect. Um, But then there's levels going up from there where the highest would be four points, which means like they're exceeding. So they did everything correct and perfect. Plus they had words to explain their thinking and all these things. So, you know, if they got the question partly right, they get partial credit. Yes. Okay. So that looks very different than what a lot of parents saw when they were children. Um, I wish I had that. <laughs> I know, maybe it would have helped me out a little bit. <laughs> it's all or nothing math <laughs> So I think just taking the time to get familiar with that, um, I think it looks it looks like a different language probably to some people, mm. and it can look overwhelming. But even our report cards are based on are you meeting the standard or are you not I've been out of teaching for a couple of years and so mine was a little different than that but but you know we would have to put our assignments online uh, so the students knew that Um, then the grades would be on there and I would often tell my students now you know when you get in the car this afternoon your mom already knows what your math grade is so there's no (laughs) use hiding that math test grade that's on there so you you may have a rough weekend, just saying. <laughs> right. We could go a long way, like whole semesters changing our sure. grades. But sure, just, to know, get it, get it up. But yes. you can't do that anymore. No, no. and yeah. some parents check it. I mean, if they know that a math test was today, they are watching, um, they are updating the grade quick every hour Yeah. to I make sure. And, so you know, and I would say, pressure. don't um, do that. Don't yeah. do it. Just, just pump the brakes on that. Yeah. yeah Technology is a, not, you don't need to... You don't need to know every single thing. Right. right. Okay, so this one was from, I think, Wisconsin. Is that, and I think this was an older, so either high school or maybe even college level. If you need more time for an assignment, please ask before the deadline. I did give extensions, especially when I knew um, if family circumstances. That's why it's so important, the communication. That just loops back around. And you're, you're, I hope your listeners are starting to, to see. It's this whole, it's, it's a whole community that make educating a child uh, successful. Mm. It's about the teacher knowing things that's going on at home. I mean, if I know that um, they had to be out of town because their grandmother is gravely ill over the weekend, of course I'm not going to make something due the same as everybody else. But let me know ahead of time mm-hmm. so that it's not something where day of is, oh, my grandmother was sick all weekend. And I'm like, just if you had told me mm-hmm. a little bit ahead of time, I could have given you an extension so yeah. which is yeah. just a life lesson you have to do that in the work work world of course right. of course yes so you're not but, trying to be mean no 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 <laughs> you're not life. trying to be mean life is life yeah. and uh and we all get that and as teachers of course we're human mm-hmm. and we recognize those things you said something in your notes to us before the show i just wanted to make sure we we get in there at the end about cheating which i thought was interesting in middle school by the time kids get to middle school Yes. Have you defined what cheating is and what it looks like to your kids? Because. Because um, I found that often middle schoolers 
had no qualms at all about copying somebody's homework or going on to, there are many, many math apps right now. Uh, I won't identify which ones they are, <laughs> That's right. That's but you it. can take, you can put a, you can screenshot. It's like a QR code, but you can screenshot a huge math problem and it will tell you the answer. And then if you need to have the steps, it will show you the steps for how to do that. And so students had no qualms about that because, and I would even say, I would see them in the halls in the morning copying somebody's homework. And I would say, you can't do that. Well, I'm not getting answers on a test. So they felt like cheating was only if it was on a test and not about homework and those kinds of things. And so that's just a, that would just be a little snippet uh, for parents to be aware of just to kind of say, you know, it's not honest. Mm -hmm. And that goes back into honesty and that's, uh, uh, that's biblical, Renee. That's <laughs> biblical. <laughs> yes, and I, I got to say, um, having taught uh, writing classes, teach your child what plagiarism yes. is. And so, yeah, not knowing what cheating is is hugely troublesome. Yeah, And, you know, I think this goes back to our performance-based yes. um, pressure. It's all about the right answer, and it's all about the grade. Yes. It's not really about anything else other than that. So what what message does that send um, and are you seeing it in elementary school at all, cheating? Well, it's interesting because I, the majority of my teaching experience is second grade. And I did talk about plagiarism because we would do research projects. And so uh, they would ask questions about their topic and then go and research. And, and I talked to them like, did you know that we cannot copy word for word? So when you read something and learn and answers your question, we're not just going to copy that word for word and claim it as our own. And so I tried to instill that in them as second graders. Like we can read what someone else has written and add our own thoughts and synthesize that and be able to come to our own sentences, you know, and a lot of times they would then create a project or a book. And um, so I really tried to start off, you know, early in that regard. But um I don't know. I think it's so important that we talk about the process. You were just talking about how important it is to get the answer. And uh, in my classroom, it's it's really more about what is your thinking and your strategy and your process. That's what's most important because mm-hmm. there you're going to find out, do they understand? Have they exactly. learned? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, instead of just looking for that correct answer. X equals two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Check. Done and done. Yeah. There you go. Why don't you read our, our last response there? I don't know if we oh, want to end on that. Oh, I know this makes yeah. me cry. Um, this was privately sent to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote me this. I wanted to add to your post about teachers, but not publicly because it makes me sound like a sad sack. It's important to discuss that teachers are having most, if not all, the same anxiety issues the students are having. The past two years, I spent many mornings crying in the car before I went into work because I didn't know what horrible new thing would happen that day. I dreaded opening my email. Only speaking of last year, I was accused of closing assignments after two calendar weeks to purposely fail students, being a racist, not providing a student with handouts because I insisted the student walk across the room to get them for himself, being too easy a grader, being too hard a grader, and many more. Also, a student had an outburst calling me names I cannot repeat and then refused to leave my classroom until both the assistant principal and the SRO showed up. The outburst was brought on because I asked the student why they were late from lunch. Most most teachers have one foot out the door for the sake of their sanity. Parents need to take this into account when beginning a conversation with a teacher. We are all having a really hard time. I give grace to my students. I really need some from parents as well. 
Yeah. That's, just, that's a it's heavy. Nobody should go to work feeling that way. And least of all, somebody who's got your children in the palm of their hand and who really wants to love them well. So just think about your teachers as people too. <laughs> and be kind to one another. Be kind. Yeah, show some We're nice. all on the same team here. Yeah, we are. Is there any final um, like parting words that you'd like to say just to parents? I think I would like to say a positive change that I've seen. I know we were talking earlier about what changes have we seen throughout the years. And I will say, again, in my experience, I know not everyone has the same experience, but when I first started teaching, it was so focused on, you know, test scores and everything. And we didn't have time for any kind of character building or anything. And I actually have seen a positive change because as I went throughout my teaching career, there was a lot more added to teach about leadership and how to grow kids to be leaders. And even, of course, now I get to, like you said, we're so blessed. I get to be at a private school where we can talk about the Bible and we we get to share Jesus in every single subject area all day. And it's such a blessing. Uh, but I just think, man, those first couple of years, I didn't have time to teach mm-hmm. about character. And I think there are schools that still, you know, all you know, all you have time for is academics. But in my experience, I have see, actually seen an increase in character development. And I'm just just so happy to be able to share that blessing. Good. That is encouraging. Good to hear. Mm-hmm. Not just now that you're in the right. high school setting mm-hmm. in both settings. That's yeah. great. Right. That's great. And and because we were I was teaching in a private school as well. You know, I went to church with these people. These were my friends. These were the people we vacationed with. And so um, we walked, I walked through them rearing their children into adulthood. And so that's what has been such a, such a blessing to me is that once these students have left my classroom, I'm able to see them now, um, one in particular, David Hunsaker, uh, who is one of the ministers at our church. Um, you had David? Yes. <laughs> Aww. Yes, okay. and David Tell, Hunsaker was... You heard it her, here first. How was he really in David class? Hunsaker, what, his character was even the way it is now in 7th and 8th grade. Mm. And so I knew that he was... I mean, he he truly... Um, he had um, a mama who was so... I mean, she was just so invested in him. And um, and it was just... He was such a, a great student. But it's so nice to be still part of their lives it's not something that i just it wasn't fake i wasn't interested in them only because they were in my classroom for seventh and eighth grade because now you know i went on mission trips with them and now they're coming back and now they're the adult chaperones for things and now they're our ministers and they're rearing their children um and it's just such a community and i love that that we get to be part of that little part of their life when Again, with middle schoolers, it's a hard time. It's hard for everybody. And the fact, I, I always felt like it was such a privilege to get to be there in that kind of sideways part of their lives <laughs> because I knew they were going to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And and it was just such a gift. And so um, parents, just embrace your teachers and, and stick together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, make sure mm-hmm. it's a team effort. Yes. Well, thank you so much to our teachers who've been here with us today. It's been such a blessing. Really great conversation. I think y'all be great. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to have a lot of these tips and things for parents up on our website at justaskyourmom.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Just Ask Your Mom, or Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom. 
podcast. <laughs> and we'd love for you to rate and leave a review if you're listening. And better yet, subscribe so you'll get each new Monday episode. Have a question or a topic suggestion? Send them to us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask Your Mom. Your Mom.